You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. So when you look at that, or you look at Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Whitney, we could go on and on and on and on. Michael, Prince. My, see, here's where my heart breaks. We must learn as performers and sensitives and leaders of the world to not allow ourselves to be used up. We absolutely must learn to move away from those critics, to only listen to people that maybe are are out there being vulnerable and gorgeous and creating the content that the world needs. This isn't just another podcast with tips or tricks. This isn't just interviews with great artists. This is about finding the missing pieces that are going to help you make it as an artist. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. And this is the Performers and Creators Lab weekly podcast, helping you to find your edge. Hey, all you performers and creators, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night, whatever time it is as you're listening to this. For me, it's a Sunday morning, and I just want you to ask yourself, are you using all of yourself? How much are you stretching yourself to the limits, to the edges, to the depths, and the heights of what you're capable of. That's what I want you to think about today, and that's what I want you to think about as you listen to this. So as you guys know, I'm a total performance nerd. I love everything about performing, the whole experience, the dynamics of it. And so naturally, I love connecting with other performance coaches. And this week, my guest is another performance coach, Manluna Fausch. Fabulous, very smart lady. And we went to some interesting places in this conversation that I think, um, you know, really opened my my thoughts and, and got my creativity rolling around. Ooh, like that's a different way of looking at it. That's a new way to expand ourselves and push yourselves to your limit. So I think you're really going to enjoy that conversation. But before we get there... Uh, I just want to remind you that it's the last week of the hashtag PACL challenge. Yo, it's the last week of the Performers and Creators podcast performance challenge, which means you need to get your stuff out into the world, right? So during the entire month of September, just in case you haven't been listening, we've been the Performers and Creators Lab podcast has been challenging you to take your artistic work, your music, your theater, your dance, your hug tunnel, your eye gazing experiment, whatever you got that you want to do into public spaces in order to raise awareness for the urgent need for the inclusion of all types of people in entertainment and media. And what do I mean by inclusion? We're talking about people of color, persons with disabilities, LGBTQ, women of all ethnicities, sizes and differences. Basically, we just, I just want to see more of, uh, you know, the beautiful people that I see in my everyday life living here in Oakland, California. The human race is so interesting. And we see such a small sliver of it in entertainment and media. And let's be real. Entertainment and media tell us all what to think about ourselves. So it's really important. 
So anyway, the challenge is you share your work in a public space. You videotape your performance, post it on social media using the hashtag PACL challenge. That stands for Performers and Creators Lab Challenge. And then you're instantly eligible to win. And then you can ask your friends to like and share it. And be sure to subscribe to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast because the winner is going to be announced only on the podcast on October 10th. And here's the sweetest part. If you're entered to win, you could win... You could be the featured guest on this show's 2018 season finale. So you'll get you and your work are going to be exposed to an audience of thousands of listeners all around the world. And I'm going to tell you how many countries, 17 countries I counted, people are listening to this show. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're going to get a bit promotion on social media as your episode gets, goes live. You also get, the winner gets a VIP day with me. So coaching by day, dinner and a show by night. Dude, how awesome. I'm so excited to do that with the winner. I'm just, I'm like, I can't wait. That's going to be super fun. So anyway, there's more prizes and awards. So you have to visit performersandcreatorslab.com if you want to see all the things that you can win. But you don't need to do anything. To be entered, all you need to do is perform, videotape it, and share it with the hashtag PACL challenge. Yeah, so I got my advanced stats back. I got my advanced stats back, which means, uh, you know, the, the Voice America Network shares with me where people are listening, which episodes that you guys like the best. Apparently, all you got to do is put sex in the episode title, and people love listening to that one, of course. But there's all, you know, it's really interesting to me seeing what what episodes you guys like best and where you're listening from. It's really cool to see that. It's basically like the lights come up in the audience, and I actually get to look at you guys. So San Francisco... You guys are my biggest listeners. So what's up, San Francisco? Thank you so much for listening. I really um, I really love seeing that right here in the Bay Area. Oakland, though, is like seventh. So I don't know what's going on with that because I live here in Oakland. I guess, you know, my friend Hannah says, like, you can't be a prophet in your own hometown. So, uh, you know, maybe there's a little of that going on. I don't know. But Dublin is second. Dublin, there's a hundreds of listeners in Dublin, Ireland, which is very exciting. Kind of makes me wonder, like, what's going on with that? I think Dublin is probably a super uh, happening mecca of the arts. And apparently I need to go to there and visit it. Los Angeles is third. Yay, LA. I love you too. I may be moving to LA some point in the future it's in it's in the it's looking like it's in the cards mountain view san jose china i have a big listenership in china i have a ton of listeners in Cali- all over california so thanks for listening massachusetts newberry newberry port massachusetts bedminster new jersey mount laurel new jersey whole town st james barbados santa cruz california bakersfield santa clara Arvada, Colorado, Atwater, California, Orlando, Florida, what's up, Baltimore, Maryland, San Diego, Barcelona, Honolulu, Thailand, okay, Spokane Valley, Washington, Texas, 
all over the world, Sweden. Oh, wow. It's exciting. Moscow. Moscow. Paris, France. It's really fun to see this. So keep listening. Thank you for your continued listenership. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And let me know what you think. I would love to hear from some of you in Dublin. What are you getting out of the show? What do you think of it? I'd totally love to hear from you. Um, yeah, and share it with your friends. It's really important as I'm moving into planning my 2019 year, you know, to know that uh, that you guys want to keep keep getting some of this great content. All right. This week, Maluna Fausch. Let's get down to our guest. All the world's a stage and life's a pitch. Dr. Maluna Fausch, PhD, has experience in the 9 to 5 world. She's sold everything from advertising to Steinway Grants and has a PhD in psychology. And as an actor and singer, she comes from the stage. Show business is the best training in the world for the voice, for connecting to your audience, and for the ultimate ability to deliver a rock star pitch that is effective and successful. We know that, don't we, listeners? She has helped clients increase sales, get funding, and effectively navigate corporate culture through her coaching programs. Ask her about Formula One racing, music, bold red California wines, and jelly bellies. Maluna Fausch. So I'm curious about your vocal, on your website, you mentioned your vocal archetypes system. That sounds fascinating. Do you mind sharing a little bit about like what that is? Not at all. <laughs> it, it comes from my, my spiritual journeys and quest to learn. I've studied a lot of religions. I was raised Christian. I wanted to get away from what I call patriarchal religions because I feel that, that women are left out of, of many of it or we're a secondary citizen. I'm not okay with that. So I found this amazing place in Orange County, California when I lived there. We lived there about nine years. It's the Goddess Temple of Orange County. And one of my friends for, for life, I call her one of my soul friends, Ava, is the founder of that temple. And in the goddess teachings and traditions, usually they include three aspects of women, the maiden or the young woman, the mother, and we can either be physical mothers or some of us give birth to other things, companies and songs and lyrics, and then the crone or the older woman. And so Ava said, we're leaving out a major part of a woman's life, her queen which is the phase I'm in from about 45 to 65, we say. That time when, the, now we mean the benevolent queen because the queen always gets the bad rap. We mean the gorgeous benevolent queen who does what's good for all in her realm. And so it occurred to me that we also have four voices within us. And that's the maiden, the mother, the queen, and the sage, or the crone, or the wise woman, or the grandmother. And the same for men, I call it, let's see, for men, I call it the lad, because I love the British. I am mostly British, so I'm the lad, and then the father, and then the sovereign, and then the, the wise old man. So there are times that we use and 
pull on each of these four aspects. Sometimes we do a blend, right? And sometimes we need to be purely in that voice. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm just sitting here like nodding ahead furiously. <laughs> I really relate to that because, you know, sometimes I'll be doing my podcast and I'll be in this kind of like, yeah, what the, what the hell, man, whatever, you know, in this sort of like young teenage mode. And then other times I surprise myself by being in this sort of wiser place. Or sometimes I'm speaking to the artists that are listening as a mother and a nurturer, you know. And, and I would like to believe that at some point I access that crone, although I would say um, maybe, I, maybe I haven't developed it yet, you know. Maybe I'm not at the point in my life where I've developed that. So how can people, like knowing this information, how do you help how, how does this help people with their speaking or with their performances? What I do is I help each person create a re what I call a recipe, right? So as you mentioned, all those aspects are within you, and I'm sure your wise woman comes out, but you can invite her to come out more. So the young girl is our playful, high, higher pitched. It's the pop singer, right? That's our, that's our young woman. And then the mother, as you said, is our love and nurturing for our sensitive soul, our artist soul, our executive business owner soul, all of that. The queen or the sovereign does what's best for everyone. She leads a company. She leads a record label. The wise, the grandmother knows, has wisdom from all the years she's been on the planet. So a lot of women, I need to turn up their queen, of course, because your queen is your authority. She's the one that is the visionary that leads your life, your singing career, your acting career. She's the one that you want to put in charge. Our mother is the one who does the work. So it's our good mother's work, our sacred work. So it's usually a combo. But I find for most women, they're not in touch with that power. And I bet, Holly, that you run into the same thing. Women who are amazing performers, creators, writers. We're well-educated, we're brilliant, but we're still insecure. We've still got that little I'm not enough voice inside of us. And we've got to overcome and, and move through it and move through that resistance and challenge ourselves to our greatness. Yes, I absolutely agree. I and I and it is something that I see all too often. Even even successful women or successful artists will be, um, you know, they might even be in tune with that wisdom or whatever. But for whatever reason, that leader, that sovereign, that queen, um, you know, taking the lead uh, is sort of absent or. What I find in myself, sometimes I feel like it's almost over-dominant or over-developed because of, because of my life, of because of having to lead my, you know, I'm a single solo mom, um, just my roles that I played in companies and having to lead, like sometimes I want to give that queen a rest <laughs> personally. So I, I did hear somewhere that um, the beautiful thing about the maiden mother and crone, which now you're adding the queen in there, is that once you've moved through that stage of life, it's not like you leave it behind. It just becomes a part of the cadre that you have available. Would you say that's true? It is absolutely true. 
all of those voices, all of those voices are, are present within us. And that's what brings the colors of a voice, the nuances, the dynamics. Uh, you know, I can, I can raise my volume if I want. I can sing some blues. And for me, blues would be my queen plus my wise woman, the one who's been through crap and criticism, and you can't sing, and your voice isn't big enough, and all that bloopity bloop stuff I heard growing up, and at college, and, and from shocking places, from people that had no right to try to shut me down, and I know you know what I'm speaking of. Yeah, so just getting into the minutia of that, when you're helping people with this, like, how can you tell or like, are you able to, how are you able to identify where they're missing or like, what do you, how does that process work? What am I looking for? I'm yeah. listening to the, to the pitch of the voice. A lot of women speak too high. Uh-huh. I find women in 50 year old bodies like myself with the voice of a child. So sometimes it is a trauma that has occurred. There was an emotional stoppage at a certain point in their life, which caused their voice to not develop further. So there's an emotional block or a shutdown that occurred that they have not moved through. Mm. A lot of it is body language. I hear a lot of upspeak, which is people pleasing, please like me and let me upspeak every sentence. So we never sound confident and authoritative. I'm also always looking at them as role models because part of the reason women are afraid to be bold is because we don't have enough modeling. We don't have enough role models. We are super judged for being strong women. Uh, I'm very conscious of if I'm working with men or if I'm working with engineers, more left brain type, they don't have or don't access. They have it, I think, but they they don't access their emotional intelligence, their heart intelligence, the rest of their body. Mm. So the other thing is that sometimes strong women seem to be intimidating and people want to take my power. And you know, that's heartbreaking because there's nothing more gorgeous and there's no better friend than a strong, powerful, confident woman. That's your best ally, your best friend your best employee, all of that, all of that magic's in there. That's, that is so true. I couldn't agree more with that. What about you there, listener? What voice is in charge of you most of the time? I think no matter how you identify, I think there is a king, a queen, a lad, a maiden, a mother, a father. I think all these parts are inside all of us. So what part do you fall back on? What's your fallback position? And what voice could you maybe push the pedal to the metal on, bring forward a little bit to help yourself get to the next level? So in a moment, we'll be hearing more from Maluna, and we'll be talking about body language. But right now, I want to talk to you about Artists United. 
Artists United is a nonprofit organization inviting artists of every medium, every genre, every stripe to share and exchange knowledge, access high-powered collective tools, and embrace new ways of working together as a global force for good. Their mission is to empower individual artists to create excellent art and to unite all artists in order to create social change. Based in the United States, headquartered in Oakland, California, but their network and reach are worldwide. Artists who work alone create art artists who work together create change visit artistsunited.net to join their free membership and learn about their new social media platform and now we're back talking more with performance coach dr myluna fausch So you spoke a little bit about body language um, and you mentioned this in your work and what you do that you um, you help people improve their body language. So what does that like? What are some of the problems that you see with people's body language? A lot of people, women I see, uh, I'll demonstrate, they cross their legs like this. And I said, I said to a woman in Orange County, why do you do that? And she says, well, because women need to look thinner. We need to look like models. So if you look at models, they cross their legs. And I thought, okay, well, this is a how we look thing. So again, women have to disappear and we've got to be thin and, you know, no curves. We've got to be thin and six foot tall, weighing a hundred pounds. So the truth is, as you know, from being on stage, when I cross my legs and my feet, I can be pushed over. I'm now unstable. I don't have any grounding. My German opera coach said, you'll sing from your feet. And it took me years to understand what she meant by that. You ground in your body before you ever sing or make a pitch or make a presentation. To me, it's a whole body thing. So I see a lot of that where they're not grounded or their, their legs are too close together instead of what I call more of a rock style, rock star or rock style stance. And sometimes I need my ladies and my men to stand wider until they get used to, guess what? Taking up more space, especially for women. We're always apologizing. So I teach them to expand their energy. You want your, I call it the girls up. Right? You want your ribs expanded for the ladies, girls up. And this supports your vocal mechanism up here. So that we're not always defaulting to our little cords and our throat and asking them to do more work than they need to be doing. So could you give one tip for performers, actors, musicians to improve their body language for auditions or performances? Because I feel like this is such a, a thing that's asked for again and again. So I wondered what, if you have any tips that you could share. I do. I like to start with literally planting on stage, right? Get to your spot, your X, your tape, whatever. Stand there. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, to me, it's, I call it the art of the pause, P-A-U-S-E, right? Performers... And other folks as well, we want, to, we want to rush off stage. And if we will simply pause and get in that body, so up comes the energy, right? And then we're in the head. So take that energy back into the feet, 
I like to center in the third, the solar plexus, right below the chest, third chakra. I like to center there between that and my heart, the third and fourth chakra. And just imagine that I'm radiating my talent, my character, my song from there. Mm. So I would say that 20 or 30 second pause where you may look down and then when you come up to camera, you're present and accounted for. That's our gift. Mm. That's our gift. I love that. So really taking the time, being willing to take up space in that moment. Being willing to take up space. You know, the difference between an amateur and a professional, the professional can hold us in her hands during the applause, during the, during the, the eight bar intro, during the other actor's monologue when we are so with that other actor. Great advice from Dr. Maluna Fausch. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more with Maluna about, you know, one of the important lessons for learning to use all of your voices, I think, is also knowing which ones you don't have to include. So we'll be talking more about that when we come back. In the meantime, I wanted to make sure you knew about podcast gifts. Hey, do you like free stuff? I like free stuff. I know a lot of people like valuable free stuff. Well, I have these free mini courses, um, a creative DNA assessment, a video library, so much great free offerings that are available only to my podcast listeners. So if you visit performersandcreatorslab.com forward slash podcast gifts, you'll be able to find all the courses all the free offerings there that your little heart desires. A lot of great stuff that I used to charge for and include in my paid programs like Build Your You Are The Bomb Bio mini course so you learn how to create your bio from scratch. Every artist's least favorite activity, but so important to have a good bio, right? So that mini course is available there for free. The video library subscription, interviews with artists who are making it. You get to see clips from some of your favorite podcast episodes in this video library. Captivate Your Audience mini course. Discover Your Creative DNA Assessment. How to Talk About Your Craft with Confidence mini course. Just in time for the holidays, find out how you can talk about your craft and feel still feel confident when you're talking to Aunt Mildred. So go ahead and pick up your free gifts today by visiting performersandcreatorslab.com forward slash podcast gifts. You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. I think for artists, and I, I listened to some of your podcasts, which were just just astounding because they speak to us. I think you probably look at the work of Dr. Brené Brown, yes? And she speaks about that inner critic, that gremlin, whatever, whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Could be someone else's voice. I know for me, I had in college a conductor that said, you don't have a big enough voice to be in my choir. Ouch, 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 ouch. And I should probably hunt him down now and tell him, you don't have a right to say that to people. Um, 
And so she speaks about, I think, I think the way she says it is, I will no longer listen to those who aren't in the arena. So it's what you said about people critiquing you or, wow, I'm going to do a podcast, Holly, and I'm going to do better than you. All those little snipers and ankle biters. I'm not going to listen to folks who aren't out there like I am. And when I used to do jazz and I used to perform, people would come up and make, I couldn't believe the comments they made to me about, wow, I didn't like the way you sang that song. And I would say, are you a singer? Well, no, I'm, I'm a lawyer. Okay, well, then I wonder what they know about music. And not only is it hurtful, but it's just downright rude. Mind your effing manners, people. Mind your effing manners. And I think Anne and Nancy Wilson of Heart spoke of that as well in an interview I saw with them that people, when you become famous as they have, people think they own you. It's as if you no longer have feelings or like they're talking to some, I don't know what happens. It's a complete disconnect. And so folks think they can say anything to us. It is the most astounding thing. And I was recently watching a biography on the Beach Boys. And I have to admit, I was never a fan. I, I, I don't, I didn't like their music. It was, to me, California, flaky, whatever, even though now I live in California. At the same time, they were brilliant, and I respect them. And just watching the downfall of especially Dennis Wilson, the drummer, and hearing of the abuse of the father of the three Wilsons, Brian and Dennis and the other, is it Carl? I think it's Carl. The three sons that were part of the Beach Boys. Their father provided constant criticism to them. And you could hear recordings of what he said. You're idiots. You're not pulling, you're not writing good music. That sucked. I mean, it went on and on. I was astonished. And so when we see performers who go into the alcoholism, the drugs, the inappropriate behavior, the complete lack of understanding how to set boundaries or surround yourself with people who really do have your best at heart. Because we have this talent I think people came in with it. You know, I think they've had lifetimes. I don't know how, how else they could be that genius and come in writing those kinds of songs and those kinds of rhythms that people like that write. It's as if we give everything we've got and then we're used up. We're completely used up and then we, you know, accidental death, if you want to call that it that, drug overdose, whatever you want to call it. So when you look at that, or you look at Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Whitney, we could go on and on and on and on. Michael, Prince. My, see, here's where my heart breaks. We must learn as performers and sensitives and leaders of the world to not allow ourselves to be used up. 
we absolutely must learn to move away from those critics, to only listen to people that maybe are, are out there being vulnerable and gorgeous and creating the content that the world needs without taking ourselves out, using every last ounce of our life force up. I just, I just, I don't want to stand for it anymore. Boy, I took us to a deep and heartfelt place. I just don't want anybody else checking off the planet before they're a hundred. <laughs> I'm so with you. You're like a sister from my own heart hearing you say that. I feel you and I, wow, what a powerful way that you said it. And I, and I think, the, 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 your solution and just that you don't need, you just recognize when someone doesn't get to be in your peanut gallery, right? They, or what was the word that you used? Yeah, your arena. Your arena. You recognize when someone doesn't get to be in your arena. And I think that's the takeaway um, that people who are hypersensitive and who, you know, who are prone to depression and, and it is tough when everybody feels like they can just tell you whatever they want. And, um, so thank you for that. Thank you for going that deep. Thank you for going there. So if you don't mind, I will ask you one more question about that. Absolutely. What, what makes it such a personal topic for you? Why do you think you're so passionate about that? Yes. Uh, several things that we've, that we've kind of touched on this, this whole time as well. Uh, as a little, I'll start going back to when I was a little girl. I was also constantly criticized, constantly. It, it was the voice of my mother in my particular home. My father passed away when I was seven. That rug was pulled out from under me when I was seven years old because I was daddy's little girl. And then as I, as I got older, um, I remember I was the church pianist and some little girl said, you don't know how to play the piano. My mommy says, you don't, you don't have any talent. Wow. I remember being judged one time after I sang a solo and sitting down and my brother had something to say. Wow. I get to college and the one professor says, you don't have a big enough voice to be in my choir. One of the other conductors who was a percussionist, not sure why a percussionist is in charge of vocalist, but as you know, a lot of musicians who have never studied the voice are voice teachers. I, I completely disagree with that. Don't get me started on that. You don't know this, you don't get to teach me voice. And then as a performer, having lawyers come up and critique, having other musicians not support me as a vocalist or want to respect me as a vocalist or consider me less than, even though I played the piano and I played the flute and I read music, and I'm highly trained in this, there was a less than for vocalists. And I think it's, part of it might actually be jealousy. How does she do that? How does he do that with his or her voice? 
And just being so crushed by that feedback and taking it absolutely 1000% personally and taking it to heart and just feeling myself go, oh, I probably am not big, big enough. My voice isn't. Oh, I probably can't sing. Oh, what if I lose my voice? Oh, what if I count off on one and three instead of two and four? And just feeling years of therapy and doing every type of work that I've done, tapping, therapy, soul work, gnashing of the teeth, music therapy. It goes on and on and on for days. The other part is I understand alcoholism. I have said a few times in my life, if I would allow myself to numb out, I would go to alcohol. I, would, I completely understand how that happens. Mm -hmm. If I did not have a stopgap or enough self-worth that I build up, and finally, I think I value myself now at my age after all these years, I completely understand that. So I think people are judgmental. Oh, I would never commit suicide. Oh, I would never be an alcoholic. Really? How do you know? How do you know? They don't walk in our shoes. We don't walk in someone else's shoes. You don't know what you would do if you were in that person's shoes. Mm -hmm. And how would they like it? Since I'm on my soapbox here, <laughs> how, would, how would they like it? Because here's what we do as an actor. We look for work every day. That's what we do. An audition is looking for work. So I would pose to all those arrogant folks that I meet out there once in a while, how would you like to have to look for a job every day and be told, no, we don't like your black hair. No, no, we don't like your, your green teeth. No, we don't like what's on your resume. You don't get the job. Just saying. Wow, that's a really good point. I've just never saying. heard somebody put it that way, but My yeah. My sarcastic voice, just saying. <laughs> how would they like that kind of rejection every day so as you said earlier holly fire them from your arena don't give them a ticket they don't get to be in your on your stage they mm. don't get to be your fan they're not worthy they're not worthy and this is the kindest thing you can do for yourself and them love it I love it. You're so right. I love, you know, and just listening to you say that you kind of went through all four vocal archetypes, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, there was like the maiden, the playful maiden, the, the nurturing mother, the, the leader and the, the crone for sure. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Thank you. Really cool. To find out more about Dr. Maluna, you can visit her on the web at malunafausch.com. And you, listener, who is in that arena with you? Who are you allowing to give commentary inside your arena? And who is it time to kick out? Hmm, I'll say this. It's hard to hear all of our voices and give space for all we're meant to become if we're including negative commentary from the peanut gallery. Just something to think about. 
This episode today was sponsored by Artists United, a nonprofit organization empowering individual artists to create excellent art and to unite all artists to create social change. Artists who work alone create art. Artists who work together create change. Artistsunited.net. Dan Cantrell is the composer whose music you hear on this show, and I want to thank my producers Q4TA and executive producer Robert Cholino, and also thank my think tank team of Erica Milligan, Hannah Romanowski, Melanie Myers, Tim Beal, and Dan Cantrell. And thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast in order to hear the winners of the hashtag PACL challenge on October 10th. Only a few more days left. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being you and sharing your work with the world. It's truly special. My name is Holly Shaw.